G'day and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now here's your host, Jason Perkins. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 14 of Perco's Podcast, where our goal is super simple. We just want to help you reach your goals without losing your souls. And we think that there are some ways to do that that we share on the podcast all the time by developing healthy rhythms and practices in our pursuit of our goals so that we can actually maintain a healthy soul in the long run. One of those practices that we participate in is called Sabbath. And so we actually take a Sabbath from the podcast or at least the regular interview style podcast that we typically do. Every six interviews that we do We take a pause, we have a Sabbath, and so during this Sabbath, we are actually sharing some bonus episodes with you to help you with some of these rhythms and practices that we've found to be very life-giving and really helpful for maintaining a healthy soul. So today's bonus episode actually comes from a series of talks that I did recently on soul care. This particular talk was on the practice of slowing down. We filmed it on location at a train station to talk about the speed at which we travel through life and the irony of that. And so you may hear some trains in the background just to give you some context. For those of you that know me well, that listen to the podcast, you probably are thinking to yourself right now, why would Jason be the one talking about slowing down? Because that is not something that I would characterize my life by. It's something that I'm practicing and that I'm growing in. I'm the type of person that tries to cram as much into a 24-hour period as I possibly can. But I've discovered recently that slowing down is incredibly life-giving and really feeds my soul. And it also helps me to be the most loving person I possibly can be to those around me. So I don't know what pace you live at, but there's a mantra that I've been saying to myself over and over again for the last year or so. And the mantra is this. Life is not a race, so live at a slower pace. I hope that this short talk on living a slower pace in life will be helpful for you just as it has been for me. Ah, the morning rush. We've all experienced it. Trying to get the kids ready and get them out the door so that they get to school on time and we can get to work on time or even just get to any appointment. We've all experienced the chaos of the morning rush. Well, by the end of today's video, I want to share with you an ancient secret to help you overcome the chaos of the morning rush. And as a bonus, I actually think this secret could help you overcome chaos in every aspect of your life. But before we get to that, there are a couple of societal problems that we have to overcome in order to do just that. There's a couple of things that I think cause all of us to struggle with this idea of the morning rush. I know that in our culture today, we love to celebrate speed. I remember as a kid catching the train to school in the mornings and I always wanted to get the express train because if I could catch the express train, it would skip a number of stops on the way into the city and I could actually get to school faster. See, one of the things that we love to do in society today is we love to celebrate speed. 
think about it, from a very early age, we've celebrated speed. Even in the classroom, when you were a young child, your teacher probably said to you, hey, the first kid in class today that can get this assignment finished, I'm going to let them come up to the front and they're gonna get a lolly out of the lolly jar. See, in society, we reward things and when we reward them, they get repeated. That's why at the school carnival, at a sports carnival or a swimming carnival, we always give out ribbons to the person that came in first in whatever race it was. I don't remember anyone coming in last and getting rewarded with a ribbon because we don't want to reward things because we know they'll be repeated. We celebrate speed in our culture all the time. Even in the workplace, if you're the fastest and most efficient in whatever job you do, you'll oftentimes get promoted and you'll get a raise. So we celebrate speed and efficiency in our culture and when we reward something, it gets repeated. That's what I believe has caused all of us to come into this idea that I like to call artificial urgency, where we create these deadlines that are not actually real, they're fake deadlines in our lives that we just can't wait to get to. I remember as a child thinking to myself, I can't wait till I get to start school. And then when I started kindergarten, I couldn't wait to get into high school. When I got into high school, I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. I couldn't even imagine being a day older than 16 without getting my driver's license. That would have been a death sentence for me as a teenager. And then I couldn't wait to graduate from school. And then I remember when I was in university, how I couldn't wait to graduate from uni and get my first real job. During that season of my life, I also couldn't have imagined being older than 25 and still being single. We all create these artificial deadlines, this artificial urgency in our lives, which is why I think we all struggle with this idea of the morning rush. So, is there a keystone habit from the life of Jesus that can help us with this rush, hurry lifestyle? Is there something that can cause us to not be destroyed and distracted from what is most important in life? Because this artificial urgency, I actually think it's destroying our lives and it certainly is a distraction from what we want most. So whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you would consider yourself a Christian or not, the keystone habit we're gonna look at today from the life of Jesus I think can help us with this hurried, rushed lifestyle that we all find ourselves living with. One of the interesting things about the life of Jesus and the recordings of his life that we have in the New Testament from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is the fact that you never see Jesus running anywhere. You'll never read a verse that talks about Jesus running, but you read verses over and over again talking about how Jesus walked everywhere that he went. Everywhere he went from village to village and town to town, Jesus walked with his disciples. Oftentimes though, in the stories, you'll hear about other people who were running to see Jesus. You may remember a story from back in your childhood of a guy named Zacchaeus. Even if you're not a church person or a Bible person, you may have heard the story about Zacchaeus climbing up a sycamore tree to try and see Jesus. In that story, it actually talks about Zacchaeus running to see Jesus. Another story of a man that ran to see Jesus is a guy named Jairus. These guys actually had good reason to be running to see Jesus. It wasn't artificial urgency. 
It was real urgency that caused them to run to see Jesus. But what we see is that Jesus walked everywhere that he went. Even when it seemed like there was a real emergency or a real urgency, Jesus still had a keystone habit of living his life at a slow pace. That was a keystone habit of Jesus, living life at a slow pace. Even in the midst of a real emergency, like the story of Jairus we're looking at in the video today, Jesus still lived at a slow pace. And in this story, we're going to learn why this keystone habit is so important, not just in the life of Jesus, but in our lives today as well. One day after Jesus was done teaching, he crossed over to the other side of the lake and he began to teach a large crowd of people that had gathered on the other side of the lake. One of the leaders of the synagogue, the temple in that town where the Jewish people got together on the Sabbath to celebrate all that God had done in their lives. One of those leaders came over to Jesus and asked him a question. Let me put it this way. He didn't just come and ask Jesus a question. He came with intense urgency because he had a real emergency, not an artificial one. His 12-year-old daughter was about to die. He came and Mark records for us in his biography of the life of Jesus. And it says that he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come and heal his daughter. Then Mark picks up the story and says these words. Then... He pleaded earnestly with Jesus saying, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Then Mark says, Jesus went with him. It doesn't say that Jesus ran as soon as he heard the plea from Jairus. It doesn't say that he grabbed a donkey or even a chariot to race over to Jairus's house to heal his daughter. It says that Jesus just went with him. The story continues and Mark shares what happened on the journey over to Jairus's house. It says this, a large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. While he was walking, not running, not racing, even though it was a real emergency with real urgency, Jesus was walking and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This lady had a disease where she was constantly bleeding and it had been going on for 12 years and she was desperate. The pain that she experienced, the discomfort that she constantly ran into and the inconvenience had been going on for 12 years. She was desperate. The crowd pressed in around Jesus and then this is what happened next. The woman who was subject to bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, the problem actually grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she reached out and touched his garment because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, Mark says, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt her body that she was freed from her suffering. This woman had such incredible faith that she felt like if she could just get close enough to Jesus in order to touch his cloak, then she'd be healed. And that's exactly what happened. At that moment, Jesus, knowing that the power of healing had gone from his body, stopped 
Even though there was urgency needed at Jairus' house, he stopped and he asked a simple question. Who touched me? Of course, his disciples and those in the crowd that were following him that day said, Jesus, we're all touching you. But Jesus knew that the power of healing had left his body to heal this woman and he wanted to know who had touched him. The story continues that he told this woman that her faith had both forgiven her of her sins and healed her. And then Jesus continues walking slowly to Jairus's house. When they get to Jairus's house, the news has come that she's already died. Jairus's daughter has already died. It's too late. Because Jesus didn't run, because Jesus just walked slowly, because Jesus actually stopped to ask a simple question, an obvious question with an obvious answer, Jesus had missed the opportunity to heal Jairus's daughter. But Jesus knew something that nobody else knew that day. He knew that Jairus's daughter was not dead. In fact, he asked everyone to leave and only took in his closest disciples when he went in and healed this girl and raised her back to life. It's amazing to me that this woman who had been suffering from bleeding for 12 years was healed at the exact same time as a little girl who was 12 years old. See, Jesus knew 12 years prior that on this day, he would have to walk slowly to Jairus' house People would think that he had missed the opportunity to heal this little girl. But really what he knew is that by walking slowly, he would be able to extend grace to two people that day and they would both be healed. I love the preacher, Mike Todd. I love how he describes Jesus' life and how he walked through life. He says that Jesus always walked at a pace of grace, constantly walking at a pace of grace so that he could both extend grace to other people, but also experience grace in his own life. The same is true for you and I. We need to learn from Jesus in this story and every story of Jesus' life to walk at a pace of grace so that we have opportunities to both experience God's grace in our life, but to then also extend God's grace to other people. So many of us, myself included, I struggle rushing through life because we celebrate speed and efficiency and I miss opportunities to walk at a pace of grace and I miss opportunities to experience God's grace in my life and extend it to other people. So what does it look like to walk at a pace of grace and extend and experience God's grace in your life and to other people as well? Let me share with you some practical tips that I got from a guy named John Mark Comer, who helped me to find some practical ways to begin slowing down in my life. Number one tip, try driving the speed limit. I know it sounds crazy, but many of us think that the speed limit is just a suggestion. In fact, when I look at Google Maps oftentimes and it tells me it's going to take 35 minutes to get somewhere, I think to myself, I bet you I could get there in 30 minutes. But to help me slow down and walk at a pace of grace, I've begun to just drive the speed limit. I know, revolutionary. Even beyond that, I've tried driving in the slow lane when I'm going down the highway, getting behind that person who's driving like it's Sunday afternoon every single day has helped me to just slow down. When I go to the grocery store now, I oftentimes will pick a line that has a lot of people in it rather than looking for the shortest line or trying to find the line that doesn't have anyone in it. 
It's been amazing to me that when I stand in line and I keep my phone in my pocket and I actually engage with other people that are standing in line waiting, how I both experience God's grace in my life and I'm able to, on a practical level, extend God's grace to other people as well. Maybe there are suggestions I haven't mentioned that you need to look at to help slow down the pace of your life as well. Those are some practical tips that have helped me. And you may be saying to yourself right now, Jason, there's nothing inspiring about living a slower pace of life. I get it. Every automobile company on the planet talks about having the fastest car. Nobody uses a marketing campaign that says our car can go from zero to 100 in five and a half minutes. That's not what they use because we love to celebrate speed in our culture. But let me tell you the difference that it can make in your life and inspire you to live at a slower pace. The bottom line is this. Life is not a race. Live at a slower pace. When you think of Jesus' teaching, he taught that everything boils down to really just two things. Loving God and loving others. By living at a slower pace, it actually gives you the time to love God well and to love others well. I've never once thought to myself, man, I really love God well today because I was so busy and in such a rush. I've never once thought to myself, wow, I really loved people well today. I was in such a rush and I was in such a hurry, but I loved people really well. Life's not a race. Live at a slower pace and it will actually allow you to live out the lessons that Jesus taught of loving God and loving others really well. So as we said at the beginning of this series, Jesus taught us a lot of lessons, but in order to live out the lessons he taught, we need to adopt the lifestyle that Jesus lived. There are four keystone habits of Jesus' lifestyle. Number one, he spent time in silence and solitude every single day by getting alone and getting to a quiet place. Number two, Jesus took a Sabbath every week an entire 24-hour period of time to just rest and rejoice in God's goodness in his life. Number three keystone habit, Jesus lived a simple life. When it came to his stuff and his schedule, it wasn't cram-packed with so much stuff and so many things to do. It was a simple lifestyle that he lived. And then finally, Jesus lived at a slower pace, a much slower pace than we live at today. So, if you want to live out the lessons that Jesus taught, you need to adopt the lifestyle that Jesus lived. Well, I hope that that short talk on the practice of slowing down was helpful for you. As I mentioned at the outset of this episode, this is something that I am working on, and I certainly have not perfected the art of slowing down. I've got a long ways to go. So I want to ask you to do something for me, something that's quite selfish, to be honest. I'd love to hear if you have any hacks that you found helpful in this practice of slowing down. I mentioned a few of them in the talk, like taking the slow lane, driving the speed limit, or lining up at the longest line in the checkout at the grocery store, but I'd love to hear from you. What have you found to be effective in helping you with this practice of slowing down? Here's how you can let me know. You can let me know on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. It's Jason Perko Perkins. That's our handle on the socials. Or you can shoot me an email, hello at jasonperkoperkins.com. That's another way to let me know. 
Our website is there in my email address, jasonperkoperkins.com. You can connect with us as well on the website. I would love to hear from you. We hear from people all the time that share about the podcast and how it's impacting them. And so we'd love to hear from you as well if it's being helpful for you. The other thing you can do that would be really helpful for us is to leave us a rating and a review on your preferred podcast platform. That helps us get the word out about the podcast or just simply share it with a friend so that they can listen along as well. Our goal here at the podcast is super simple. We want to see an entire generation of people, an entire generation of leaders reach their goals, but at the same time, hear them say, it is well with my soul. Can't wait to share an amazing conversation next week with you. I got to interview Lauren Espy, and she shares about her soul care journey on next week's episode. Until then, cheers. You've been listening to Perco's podcast. Join us next time for more insights on strategy, leadership, and soul care to help you reach your personal, professional, and spiritual goals while at the same time not losing your soul. In the meantime, make sure to connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.